Live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's here. We got great conversations coming up. Michael Lombardi inside of 10 minutes, former exec with both the Patriots and the Browns and part of our uh, good friends who are on 1230 The Game, one of our sister stations over at VEASAN. John Von Tobel works for VEASAN. He's also with Cofield and Company. Uh, Jared's still hanging out. As, uh, he, they've been helping us. Uh, who's they? Uh, he's, he's a male. He identifies as a male. Uh, Jared is here uh, helping us all day, book guests, right? Um, we've got something great coming up. We told you. Don't F with us when you're on the ground here in Vegas. Don't rip Vegas. If you do, we will look to find you and power slam you through our tables. Now, the person who got after Vegas is kind of big, so we'll have to see how we manage this. But that's coming up in just a couple minutes as well. So someone still has a little bit of bark when it comes to talking about Vegas, aside from us on Sports Talk Radio. And that is our mayor, Carolyn Goodman. Now, sometimes she gets a little little loose, a little loose. But Front Office Sports talked to her today. Quick podcast. And she went after the A's. And I think she's speaking for a lot of people. She said, quote, I personally think the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. She said the team stadium plan, quote, does not make sense. And we've had multiple people walk up because we are in Sports Siberia, as I've said, for 25 years here doing radio. No one knows anything about sports and Vegas outside of the market. And they never call out to find out. I mean, as a good example, we had multiple camera crews come up, and they're like, we need to talk about Vegas. Let's talk to Tyler Bischoff. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm kidding. He did a good job. No, he did a good job. Um, Isn't he from, like, Mississippi? But the information information that comes out of the market, uh, people just don't look into the news here. And we've had multiple sports radio people come up, and they're like, ah, how about the A's are coming, huh, I think? I'm like, ah, we don't know. We don't know, but it's a mess. So we fill them in, and they're like, oh, okay. That seems kind of crazy. I think Carolyn Goodman is, I'm not going to say, stepping out of line is not the right term because she didn't vote for this. Mm-hmm. You know? She's right. There are a lot of warning signs. It's a bizarro situation. and But I, I think she's way off on the they should stay in Oakland and make their dream come true. It's dead. It's over. Right. It's dead. With John Fisher as the owner, it's dead. I mean, just but, so- I, but I'll tell you what, Salt Lake is a wonderful place. Just say it properly. Just don't come here. Who cares about your dream? It doesn't matter. Just don't come here. Dropping Canada doesn't make any sense. They're cloak and daggering this whole thing. They have no real plans. They just built us for whatever it is, what, $360 million with no real true direction with what they're doing. And the team sucks. We don't need you. Go away. That's the kind of coverage you'll get every day from me. Here. here. (laughs) The truth comes out. Often in Vegas, there's a lot of there's a lot of shady deals over the years. Utah, it really is the perfect place for that team, because if they get the right backing, who's going to stop it? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean. Who's going to stop it? Nobody. If the powers that be in Utah want it, they'll get a sweetheart deal. They're going to be there. You can so so I I mean I I want a baseball team here. I, 
If the A's will honor what they told Major League Baseball behind the scenes and have $170 million payroll, you're number one. Okay, good. Good. And the, and the, and the stadium, that property is going to be big enough, and you're also going to help you know, fix the roads a little bit, and you're a good community partner. I'm all for it. There's a lot of benchmarks there that I don't know that they can hit. What have they done so far that would tell you that they're going to do all those things? Well, they did, no, uh, they did donate heavily to um, some public servants. Not bought off. They donated. <laughs> and they, they have been pretty active in the community, spending some money here and there. No. What yeah, they did was they dirtied the waters. They went out there to these little leagues, and they were like, take this money. See, we're great. Love us. I don't trust them. Here's what you can say consistently about the Goodmans. Their heart's in the right place. They are Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I will say, Carolyn Goodman, the mayor, does not speak for Clark County, does not speak for the state of Nevada. Clark County and the state of Nevada, they want the A's here. At least the majority of public servants want the A's here. Uh, Governor Lombardo wants the A's here. She speaks for, you know, an area that has a pretty good population. I live in Vegas proper, whatever it is now, 600, 700,000. That's who she speaks for. Mm-hmm. But the Goodmans have always had their heart in the right place when it comes to the Valley and Sin City and Vegas and promote, 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 promote. So we're very proud here, and we're defensive. Don't mess with us because most of you outside the market don't know what you're talking about. But I'll tell you what, a guy who was ripping on Vegas, I know what he's saying, and he's an expert on what he's saying. He's just a little misdirected. So, Boomer Esiason talking about a Super Bowl in Vegas said what? When asked what Las Vegas brings to the Super Bowl, former NFL quarterback and longtime CBS analyst Boomer Esiason said, quote, trouble. Said that instead of having Chiefs and 49ers players stay in Lake Las Vegas, they should have stayed in Arizona until okay. game day. Damon, are you mad? Personally, yeah, but about this, no. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think he's suggesting? I think it's pretty obvious. Sin City. Who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. John, are you insulted by this? Of course. I mean, I think he does have a point. Because when the Super Bowl was here, when Ray Lewis got arrested, he got in trouble. Right? And when I think it was, was it Eugene Robinson who got arrested here before their Super Bowl for soliciting? Ba- yeah. Bar- Barry Robbins went rogue in yep. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, all uh, those, all those. Oh wait, no, no, no. Those were Atlanta and Miami, right? Right. Oh, okay. And San Diego. It's absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, I would say, if you're an NFL player, and you hear this, he's calling you an idiot. Mm-hmm. He's saying that you're such a savage and a moron that you can't be around Las Vegas without getting into trouble and focus on what the prize is, which is winning a Super Bowl, which is achieving the ultimate goal in your career. As a professional. That's insulting mm-hmm. to every single one of those players. I actually, I've taken the opposite stance. I said it multiple times on the air. Uh, I believe in opposition to what Boomer said, that they shouldn't be staying in Arizona. They should be staying right in the middle of the strip. I find that insulting. That's a lack of trust. And yet I understand it. Because... NFL owners, NFL leaders, they're in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they were reared on the NFL of the 70s and 80s. Boomer Esiason started his NFL career in 1984. 
finished up in 1997. If you listen closely to when I talk about the players of today and their greatness, I told you last week, Patrick Mahomes has a chance to be Brady-like, not only in the winning, but his dedication to the game. The NFL that Boomer Esiason knows and Raj Goodell knows is an NFL that was filled with drinking and drugging. That's a fact. And I'm not saying everyone was doing it, but what Boomer is thinking of is, I don't know what he did, but the players of his era. Mm -hmm. And that in the 70s and 80s, if those same players were transplanted with their level of dedication and their inability to stay away from vices, he's right. They would have a lot of trouble with Vegas. But guys like Patrick Mahomes Jr. want to make that clear. He's disciplined. The players of today, I'm not saying all of them, they're professionals. And you can go back in history. Like I was joking the other day. Brock Purdy, I think his upside is better than Terry Bradshaw. You do understand if we look at the highest level players of the past, we've seen cocaine cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. We've heard the stories of the Dolphins and the Steelers. The 70s and 80s, like the Super Bowl in Miami, just complete animals. No, that happened in I, Vegas. I don't – exactly. I, I'm not bad-mouthing the guy because he's had a lot of issues with cancer. But there are certainly stories about Jim Kelly. And the league was filled with drugging and drinking and a lack of discipline. And we had a giant cocaine era here. Not, it was in Vegas. But, but in pro sports, mm -hmm. for like 15 years – you're right. Your NFL, your players, couldn't handle Vegas. Most of the players, unless you turn out to be a crumb with bad decision-making, like Henry Ruggs, today are fine here. But, John, they're applying their standards, their lack of discipline. They're projecting. Their teammates' lack of discipline. They're projecting it to this era. It's not the way it is. You know, I'm trying to think, Steve. Do you think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have, I don't know, you think they're used to coming out to Las Vegas? <laughs> you think they maybe come out here once a year? Right. You think they understand how this works? Yeah. You think maybe a team that has been here, lost to the other team before, might be pretty freaking focused on doing what they're supposed to do? Just because you couldn't, yeah. and the people that you know couldn't, doesn't mean that they don't. And it, it drives me nuts because, as I have mentioned, sarcastically every time, Miami, Atlanta, San Diego. And we can go to city by city by city. They get in trouble everywhere. It happens because of a lack of individual discipline. It has nothing to do with the city itself. It's just lazy. It's extremely lazy. I like it. I told you, man, we take this stuff seriously. We love Las Vegas. You know, it, we're, we're around all the vices. I'm lucky enough to still be doing radio about 28 years in here. Uh, and, and trust me, there are a lot of radio people over the years. We've had a lot of people perish around us because they couldn't handle Vegas. But professionals handle a place like this. And football professionals in this era can handle a place like this. Uh, this hour is brought to you by our friends at Ellis Island. They got the big game cookout going down. EllisIslandCasino.com is where you can get your tickets. Very affordable. All you can drink, 
all-you-can-eat barbecue. The drinks are uh, all-you-can-drink beer, craft beer. It's 110 per person, per ticket. It's coming up on February 11th, the, uh, the big Sunday. So get in right now, ellisislandcasino.com. On the way back, we're going to have conversations with one Michael Lombardi, and later in the hour, Will Compton. Back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay, brought to you by the Vegas Lawyers, a division of Paul Pata Law. Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58 is here, Radio Row, Cofield and Company. John Von Tobel, Steve Cofield, and uh, Michael Lombardi is here with us. Can I get some uh, New Jersey mentions out of the way early? Sure. You like Ocean City? Have you been there? Uh, Ocean City. Yeah, that's is that where you're, you're at? He's been in my house. Yeah, was there. Yeah, like, okay. he, he, came for, he came over for dinner one night. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been in Ocean okay. City. He's been in Atlantic City. We we did a show together at the Old Ocean's Casino, which was the ocean, you know, and then it moved over to the Borgata years later. But that's where we started. Oh, yeah. FX, I started my, my career at Visa with JVT. I remember that. Went Flying across country. Famous uh, White House subs, right? Okay. Famous I made White it there. House subs, Love the yeah. White House. Yeah. Yep. So, so I'm from the northern part of the Jersey Shore Yeah. by uh, Belmar and of all the way up around to Keensburg. And that's actually where my family's from, Middletown, Red Bank. So yeah, Red Bank. Vince Lombardi's buried in Red Bank. I know. He's actually, he's actually buried in the same uh, cemetery as my grandparents yeah, on my mom's sure. side. Yep. I've been there. And they uh, they told me, you know, <laughs> they're like, hey, he's right, he's right down the path I've over there. there. It's pretty crazy stuff. All right. So first of all, uh, you've been in a lot of these. Um, just your impressions so far. Vegas rolling out the red carpet for the NFL. Well, I mean, I've been to a lot of radio rows or radio medias rows, whatever they call it. I, I've always I've been to Super Bowls before, and obviously the town, the you know, the, the way the town's set up, this is perfect for a Super Bowl. You know, there's so much to do. There's so many restaurants. When we were in Indianapolis, you know, it, it was a small town, and it was hard to get a reservation at any place because yeah. it was limited here. You know, it's it's perfect for the venue that we have. So it's been great for me, and, it's, and this is awesome. I mean, last year we were in Phoenix. And it was fun with DraftKings that we had a, a big set. That was nice. And this year they doubled down and went even bigger. So as we sit here, and I, I listen to you on VSIN probably, it must have been like three weeks ago. I listen often. Um, but you were talking about Bill Belichick. Are you surprised with what happened where he doesn't have a job and there were seven openings? Well, I'm not surprised because I think the league is always about protect your desk. I think he intimidates a lot of people, right? And so if you want to have a collaborative effort, which is the key word in the NFL today, then you, you don't want Belichick in your building because there's certain things he's going to want to do. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, in their infinite wisdom, decided they didn't want Lamar Jackson and they didn't want Bill Belichick. So, you know, I think to me, you know, take it with a grain of salt. They've been listening to Rich McKay run their franchise for 23 years. They haven't won a Super Bowl. They decided to pass on a coach who's won six. You figure it out. Man, Lamar Jackson wasn't available, right? No. I think he could have been available. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. We will, but that was one of the jokes we had because some of the there's some media members who will kind of carry the water. Like, he was never available. Like, no, you can go and get him if you well, want to. You could have easily gotten him. Yep. You could have had Deshaun Watson, too, and they, they passed on that one, yep. too. Now, I'm not saying that was a wrong move, but the whole idea was built around we really love Desmond Ritter. That front office mm. who was promoting we yeah. love Desmond Ritter was the same front office that will carry on with Raheem Morris. Yep. During the Lamar Jackson thing, I kept beating the drum that more teams should go after him by the way, including my Jets. But I thought the great move would have been by the Steelers because it serves two purposes. Maybe you get them, but if not, you're boxing in the Ravens. Yeah. I, screw, I, the, screw your opposition. I think the Steelers are just a little bit of their of their, of their salary cap. I think you needed the room to go get them too, right? And I think that plays into it. So I think ultimately that's a concern. But for me, I, I don't – look, the guy sat in the draft room for 31 picks. I didn't understand that either. You know, when he was coming out, I was screaming – had I and I said this on my show and I've said it on podcast. If I'd have been the GM of the Browns, I would have 
pick the two offensive. I would have picked an offensive and a defensive lineman, Chubb and Quentin Nelson. And then I would have traded back in the first round and gotten Lamar Jackson and would have hit a trifecta. So for our audience, too, you've got a unique connection out here because you spent, what, three years at UNLV? It's been so being out here back in the 80s and then seeing where it's at now and having the Super Bowl out here, from your perspective, what's the growth been like? I mean, it's like I don't recognize the town every time I come here. You know, I've been coming here because of Easton for the last five years. But, you know, when I when I first moved here in 81 and I loaded up my car and I moved from New Jersey to work for Harvey Hyde at UNLV, I got an apartment out on the edge of town. It was Tropicana and Decatur. Right. And that isn't the edge of town anymore. That was darkness on the edge of town there. There was a Catholic church and there was this one complex and that was it. And now it's like, you old man, that's not that's not even the middle of town anymore. Yep. And from a sports perspective, to have a Super Bowl here and to have the NFL embrace it, it's got to be pretty nuts, especially with your perspective as a formal GM. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, too, because when I did work here, JVT, I always felt like this was it was always a great town for somebody else's team. You know, everybody else grew up somewhere else and moved here. It was very much a transplanted town. I always called it the Moses Malone capital of the world. Everybody was on the rebound, you know, <laughs> everybody was getting a rebound. And so, you know, it, it worked out. And I think this has been great. And I mean, football here is tremendous. It's great to see UNLV with Barry Odom's done over there to get that program back because this is a good town. You know, you have direct flights anywhere in the, in the country. And when you, as an NFL, as a football coach, at a university, when you can get direct flights, you have unlimited recruiting base. And so that's what makes Vegas so attractive. You know, yes, the strip is somewhat somewhat of a little bit, oh, I don't want my kid going down on the strip. But the reality of it is, is, is you can get into any part of the country and recruit players. They did a junior day, and we're talking to Michael Marty. A spot today is presented by Circle Las Vegas. If you want a free big game bash party, get down to the downtown Las Vegas event center, dlvc.com. They did a junior day, had uh, transfer portal guys in, and then 20... Sixes and sevens, I got to keep up, right? Um, 240 players were in. Yeah. And I think that speaks to your point about, you know, this isn't, I don't want to rip on certain, it's not Lubbock, Texas. Like, right. you can get here. You can get here. You know, one of the things, if you're a college coach in, in college football, is is you have to have direct flights to your town. When Matt Rule took the job at Lincoln, Nebraska, he insisted upon having, in the days before, there was a direct flight to Lincoln from Houston and Dallas, and they took those mm-hmm. off. And then he got it put back on. And that's what you can because the parents want to come see their kids play if they're out of, if they're coming from out of state. Uh, one last thing on UNLV. So we had uh, Grassgate go down yesterday with this field they laid down. As an organization guy, former organization guy, like how big a deal is that you get to the ground and then the facilities aren't ready? Yeah, that's a disappointment, especially as much money as the NFL has. That shouldn't happen. But I think a lot of times in these fields, these guys, nobody really has any expertise. They all, they're groundskeepers. They don't play the game. You know, it's like some teams go to Lambeau Field and don't wear the right shoes. And you keep saying, look, yeah. watch them all slip on this field. You know, San Francisco, they were slipping. You know, you got to wear the right shoes when you play in Levi's Stadium. If you don't know that, you're going to make a mistake. I was told they brought in the NFL grass guy, and he, uh, he's with the Raiders combined. He's got 23 different people to work on the grass at yeah. both places. And what happened? Look, as I say often, many times, they've never dedicated a monument to a committee. <laughs> All right. So we're starting to develop this new coaching staff with the Raiders. How is this going to work? I mean, we just had Kingsbury say, I'm not taking a three-year deal. He didn't say it publicly. I'm not taking a two-year deal. He wanted a three. Yeah, I mean, it's the Raiders' policy to go two-year deals. But I think, to me, there had to be more to this than meets the eye because Kingsbury's still getting paid by the Cardinals. So, you know, there was something that happened within that transaction. Look, I hear Antonio Pierce talk a lot about the Raider way, right? And, you know, he grew up in Compton. And I'm not sure that qualifies you to know what the Raider way is. I spent 10 years with Al Davis. I know what the Raider way is. I'm not sure he and I are on the same page on what the Raider way is. Because the Raiderway is built on philosophy. It's built on personnel. It's not built on taking guys from other places. It's not built on, oh, we're just going to do what everybody else doesn't want to do. It's built strategically. I mean, this is a man who studied, 
football. This is a man who understood the game from a strategy standpoint to a tactical standpoint to a team-building standpoint. You know, he idolized George Weiss, the former general manager of the New York Yankees. This team's built on size and speed. The Raider way is about size, speed, and toughness. It's not about cliches. And he can keep preaching it, but he's going to have to develop that. If you were talking to Mark Davis, would you have recommended to give Cliff what he wants because you want to get a good support staff behind Antonio Pierce? Absolutely. I think one thing Antonio Pierce has proven is that he's a good listener, right? Because he's not an expert on the the X's and O's of football, right? He's not. I mean, he was the linebacker coach, you know, and and his expertise is motivation. He's got to get the team ready to play. And so the better the staff around him can be, and Pac Graham did a great job defensively. They actually were better defensively after Antonio became the head coach than they were before. Now, a lot of that goes back to the offseason, right? They spent a lot of time this past offseason in terms of the Raider defense of being simplest, simpler, trying to get everybody on the same page, trying not to do everything, running basic fronts. And I know Pat Graham thanks a lot of people for that, that, that intervention that happened last offseason. I think that's been a key part of it. But the staff is going to be the key to Pierce, right? And I think it's smart that he has someone like Marvin Lewis on the staff to help him. And it's also smart that he's that they're paying Tom Coughlin as a consultant to help him. So I think those things he needs to do. But I think he needs to understand you're going to have to run a certain style. He has to determine the philosophy of what they want to do offensively. Because if if Luke Getzey leaves or if Pat Graham leaves, where are they? Do they start all over again? Michael Lombardi's with JBT and Cofield. Last couple things. I think we can all agree these are two really good organizations with the Chiefs in the night. We know about Patrick Mahomes and how good he is. Andy Reid is not, you know, Big Red's not going to be around forever. So if he does walk, what do you think the transition is? And, I mean, can it be seamless? I, no, I think sometimes because you have a great quarterback, we, we kind of no. lose what Andy Reid really is, and he is an all-time great. Well, I, I think a lot of it is the stupid notion that, you know, the, the player wins the Super Bowl, that Brady won all six Super Bowls in New England. I, you know, I didn't see Brady intercept the pass from Kurt Warner with, you know, and take it into the end zone. You know, I didn't, you know, the first Super Bowl, the Patriots won, they ran for, they threw for 143, they ran for 142, right? The the last Super Bowl they won was 13 to three. I didn't see Brady devise the six, one defense that stopped, that stopped the Rams. So they're going to miss, if Andy walks, they're going to miss him. It's going to be hard. There's not another Andy Reid. You know, one thing my wife taught me a long time ago is stop looking for the next Belichick. There may not be another Belichick. Are you keeping around Spagnola? Like that would that be the deal? He, he's so brilliant in the postseason. He said the other day he wants yeah. another shot at head coach. Yeah. You know, I think Steve, like a lot of guys, are really good in the role they're in. You know, now I'm sure Steve would say, "Look, I'm, I'd be a better head coach the second time," which I think is true. I think anytime a guy's a second time head coach, he's usually better. However, that being said, I think to me the key has got to be they've got to find for all this talk about you know everybody we want collaboration we want everybody involved you know we all want to go to dairy queen after the game and celebrate you know the two teams that win or then the super bowl are are run by two coaches who are demanding and who hold the players accountable was matt Nagy brought back to be coach and waiting i mean I how think, do you think he'll do you know with a quarterback now with one of the all-time greats well i think you know, one of the things you have to do if you're you, no one's going to replace Andy Reid, not one person. So I think the organization's going to have to help him. I think that's one of the biggest problems in pro football today is we all we hire a coach, but we don't let the, we don't hire somebody to help the coach. Whereas I think this is where Pierce has a little bit of an advantage. You know, he's got Tom Coughlin and he's got Marvin Lewis. They're going to help him. Right. They're going to help him go along. And I think that's what we need to do. Whereas some other places just leave the coach out there and they say, OK, you, you sink or swim. Uh, breaking bread tonight? What are you, you going to do? I don't want to give away the secrets, ba- but... I'm going to go to Barry's and have dinner there, I'm, and I'm going to go to Sinatra's and have dinner eventually there because that's, to me, one of the best places in the city. 
I don't know. Have you guys been to Sinatra's? Never been to Sinatra's, no. Been Sinatra's, to Barry's. Barry's is outstanding, yeah. but Sinatra for Italian food, the best part of Sinatra's is, is the scenery plus the, the tribute to the color of orange, which was Sinatra's favorite color. All the tablecloths <laughs> are in orange. Nice. Very nice. Michael, we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you, JBT. Michael Lombardi, good buddies with JVT. You guys did shows together, and uh, you broke bread at his house in That's Ocean right. City, New Jersey, and White House Subs in Atlantic City. Look at that. That was the um, Michael's house the time I went over. It was Andrew Luck's last playoff game. Watched him lose to the That's Chiefs sad. in his living room. Yep. If you only knew. Yeah, if only. I was excited. I was like, this is great. The future he's, is he's just healthy. begun. He's healthy. They made it to the divisional round. This is awesome. This is I can't wait to watch this for the next 10 years. Nope. This is the last game I saw? Nope. <laughs> Nope. Uh, so, he was mentioning some restaurants down with uh, Derek Stevens, both at Circa and the D. You went to uh, Andiamo mm-hmm. a couple days ago. I didn't, you know, and Mike Palm was on earlier in the uh, from Circa in the four o'clock hour, and he really who who was he getting on about the hat at a upscale restaurant? Uh, my technically my boss, uh, but our editor on the website, really, yeah, Adam Burke. Hello. I was wearing a trucker hat hmm. and uh, a flannel shirt. I mean, that is a style. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really I'm think I'm a fan much. of that style. I didn't think much of it. Mike uh, does skew a little bit older. Uh, I was also pretty deep in at that point. So I actually kind of forgot that he had the hat until Mike brought it up to me just now. So, look, I'm kind of, you know, I'm 33. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I even tried to convince him about the, uh, the you know, the nice fitted with the flat brim and nope, nothing. Can't I right. I generally don't care, but there have been a couple of times where I'm starting to cross over into that old guy territory, uh, and and that vi- the the it's really a Vegas thing, where people who have been in Vegas forever are like, hey, look at look at how people are dressed here. You know what Vegas was like? Yeah. Respect, class. It's been a couple of times I've looked around and I'm like, yeah, you know what, dress up a little bit. Three piece suits. Well, see, here's the thing though. If Adam was rich, I don't think Mike would have cared. Wait, what does that mean? You see it all the time. Like, when, like you see affluent, affluent people sometimes, actually a lot of the times, dress like bums. Some dress up, right, and have really nice outfits and whatnot. But for the most part, you see a lot of them dress like bums. And they go out to places because, to them, Barry's and Andiamo, that's old hat. This, mm. is, this is another stop at a McDonald's on the way home on a Friday night, buddy. There's nothing to me. This is the clothing meme. What's what, that? What is it? Or it's Bill Gates, $10 shirt, $20 shoes. Yeah, right. Wealthy. Yep. You know, <laughs> next guy next to him. Oh, look at how expensive expensive watch, $200,000 necklace, rich. Don't you just, when you go out sometimes, don't you want to just walk up to people and go, take off the pajama pants? I didn't mean it to be creepy. I just made people go out and are super comfortable. Security's watching right now. I yelled for a fact. I did that on purpose. Look at Steve Ballmer. My guy, Steve Ballmer. I, I, All he wears is khakis and like a button-down shirt from I Coles. don't mind that. I The pajama pants stuff is ridiculous. Put some pants on. Those are pants. It drives me yeah. crazy at the gym. That brings out the old man in me. <laughs> the, pajama, <laughs> the, the pajama pants? At the gym, yes. That's like the have some respect. A little bit. What? You know what gets me? I'll accept almost any kind of shorts. I don't want booty shorts on guys, but I'll accept almost – because I – I will throw on shorts when it's like forty-eight degrees. If I got to make a quick trip out, yep. but I will, n- and I do wear pajama pants. You have a thick lower half. Um, what does that even mean? You can wear shorts in the cold. Has there been a study done on that? If you if you have a thick <laughs> lower half and your legs are bigger, they stay warmer. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, I might buy it. I by the way, I'm picking up a friend. Well, I'll just say it. I'm picking up our friend from Kansas City, Petro, uh, from the airport. Oh, you are picking and, up. And I have a jacket. I'm not saying I'm wearing like a nice shirt, uh, but I got well, some. It's, it's my, it's my, I know, I'm go, lazy. So, no, it's a questionable combo that I've always it's wondered. A, it, I know it is. The, the polo with the sport coat is one that I've always thought was not a good combo. It's it's not the greatest combo, but people see the jacket. I could wear button-down shirts, but I'm just lazy. I don't, the, I don't feel like ironing. I can't, I can't do this. I can't start. This I will wear button. I feel I, passionately about this, actually. I, for my staycation, because I am staying down here, I did bring a button-down shirt. And I may just go home and this, get no. three more button-down shirts. See, this is what this is, I demand. This is how I feel about this. I feel strongly about this. Actually, you're wearing a wrinkly sport coat, but on the surface, Wait, it's wrinkly? you would get more respect than me because I'm wearing a hoodie. It's wrinkly? Where's the wrinkly? All over the place. Really? Yes. It's a brand new coat. Your collar's flat. It's not even popping out of the coat. Wait, what? You look terrible, Steve. It's supposed to pop out of the coat. What are you talking about? JVT, well, you're right a thousand percent. Thank you. Which part? About someone, they would greet you with a sir and a firm handshake. Right. And look at JVT like a slob. Right. He's wearing a, I mean, and I'm the smarter of us. I'm the smarter one. They would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now you're, now you're, the way you're dressed, your intelligence is being questioned? Every time. Really? Oh, yeah. I also have a theory. You know what makes something fancy? What's that? It's the amount of buttons. Think about it. Every nice shirt, polo, the levels of niceness when it comes to shirts, T-shirts, not nice. Polos, nicer, more buttons. Dress shirts, the nicest. Why? All buttons. Coats, hoodies, not nice. Why do you think Jared is always wearing a sports coat? Right. I thought Jared looked nice today, and then he stood up, and he had, he had I guess those were stylish. There was, like, paint all over his pants. But he probably paid, like, 110 bucks for those. Or he, you think he just sprayed what? the paint all over it? $110 for those pants? I have no idea. You guys idea. hiring operations managers? I th- I I think we have I I believe we have people behind the scenes who are very frivolous at times with their spending, and Demond, don't please we we know about the car and the gambling when the car stopped. I wasn't going to step up and say yeah. me. No. <laughs> you you live life, and I can appreciate that. But I often wonder others. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not eating at Peter Luger's. I tell you that. I don't even know what that place is. Wait, who? Who? I know. I know several people who have been there. Who? Oh, is that a? That's Money Mags. Yeah. Well, he comes from money. There's no rock bottom for him. Did he pick up that T-bone and like chew on it? That thing was clean. He might have. I think that's like a hundred and sixty-five dollar steak. That he pre-shared. I think they. I think their their tradition is they cut it off and then they slice it for you. You know, when I went down on the islands, I had to pay for somebody's dinner. Why is that? Lost a bet. Okay. Yeah. That's what we bet for uh, Belichick and Fields together in Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah. A dinner sure. down. I actually have to check my Venmo. I still have the money that you sent me at halftime of the AFC Championship I, I'm, game. I, you know what? I never want, I don't think I ever can go hey. to a dinner with you to a fancy restaurant because I'm going to be looked up and down for my shirt quality of my jacket's pressed. Yep, and it's all wrinkled and there's cat hair all over it. There's uh, no cat hair and it's brand new. Uh, I'll say this. You know what I'd really enjoy right now? What's that? A couple of energy drinks. That are, owed, that are owed to me. I know. Come on, this is absurd. I haven't seen them. You go- saw me last week. It's been two months. Where's my stuff? <laughs> We're going on a month. Then you lost the bets, and the bet was only energy drinks. I JVT, when's the last time you see me in person? I saw you like a week ago. Yeah. I was in studio. Yep. I don't. I don't recall. <laughs> he doesn't recall. This is this is ridiculous. 
I'm a little baby. I can't, I can't afford to keep my car. <laughs> I still haven't even confirmed that no, you got your car back. I, I don't even know what kind of car you drive. I technically have not even been confirmed that it's your car. You could have showed up in anybody's car. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, sure, because I don't know what car you drive. Mm, fine points, JVT. When I see you. <laughs> fine points. Next time it's I see you. $5 for two energy drinks, Damon. It's what you owe me. Can I tell you a story? And may, maybe you'll think twice about hounding you, me for energy can, drinks. Can you save it and remember it? Uh, on sure. the way back, we'll on the brew back. Demond's story, and we'll also talk to Will Compton. Back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row at Mandalay Bay, brought to you by the Vegas Lawyers, a division of Paul Pata Law. Radio Row, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, Stephen J- uh, JBT. Will Compton is here with us. You're a pro. You are a pro with this now. How long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, since 2000 and uh, what is it? 2019, I believe. Yeah, 2019. Did you think it would be big? You know, like you had the ambitions, right? But it's not like you're you're so into yourself that you think like, oh, this is really going to pop off. But yeah, like when you're when you're generally better and writing it down, like you have like the ambitions of it being big. I did not think it would be into what it is, especially in the football world and getting to have as much fun as we do. Uh, but yeah, man, all those conversations, I was always excited to have them. That's Will Compton on Cofield and Company, busting with the boys. Why do you think it's big? I think that we are able to sit down and being players ourselves for a while. Uh, we have the access with guys. You have the respect. You have the comfortability. We let guys know that we're about being for the boys. So if you feel like you want anything cut, chopped out of the interview, we truly want guys to be themselves. Do a good job of peeling layers back. But we're able to get some stories out of guys that they might not say, you know, in a locker room right after a bad practice. Or they might not want to coach up top or their coach up top to see, oh, you're focused on this and not the football game. Because we talk a lot of guys in the offseason. Uh, so having that access, and once you have a few good ones and you're stacking them on top, and now we have the backing of Barstool Sports, which helps solidify us even more. It allows guys that now they catch on, they're like, oh, we want to come on the show. And we've kind of built like this platform for athletes to authentically be themselves when was there a moment where you're like oh we got something like this is going to be pretty good yeah uh you know we had a rough just taylor and i opening pilot but we had delaney on delaney walker he was our first one and he told the story about he thought he was going to almost die from an iv that he got before a game and Pro football, uh, PFT, yeah. PFT, pro, right? pro, pro, yeah, pro yeah, football yeah. talk. They picked it up and wrote an article about, you know, a Tennessee Titan almost dies before a game <laughs> and potentially malpractice with the trainer or something yeah. like that. And Taylor's telling me that Vrabel in the team meeting said, guys, they will take anything you say and make an article out of it. So we had the traction at first, and then Vrabel comes on and says he's cut his piece off for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey comes on and talks about how you would DM receiver's girlfriend and tell them that in real time at the game. So that's when – and then when Barstool DM'd us about a conversation, say, hey, we might have something. Well, the great thing about your podcast and ones that are good is I think every podcast goes in, and radio shows too, go in and they're like, we're going to do non-sports. And uh, it's going to be a little bit different than everyone else. Yeah, but if you suck and it's not interesting, it – like, we all try to do that. Right. Right? Yes. So, wherever you guys nailed it on that, aside from, you know, the player conversations, the, the periphery stuff, what you do in life, and uh, honestly, Luan's kind of crazy. I mean, you're crazy too, but, <laughs> like, his story, naturally, he's a nut job. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, all those different angles and avenues that can, that, that can hit, I think Barstool's done such a good job of being that example of, like, living on the Internet, leaning into stuff like my fandom with Nebraska, Taylor's with Michigan, doing all the fun things that they live in those little niche audiences and bringing them all around, bringing them to life, being a girl dad, uh, all of those different facets of life, like bringing it all together, having the good football talk, having the good stories with football players, 
jokes and entertainers and comedians and all that stuff. I feel like that's been super helpful for us. On the game this week, you were vocal last night or yesterday on social media about the spongy field. We've got Grassgate with the Niners. Yeah, I was vocal about the grass game with the Niners. Grassgate, w- Grassgate, that they're over at UNLV. Yes. Yeah, and oh, yeah, the grass yeah, yeah, yeah. is off. You know what? It's so easy to get in the Chiefs' head with how great that they've been. I knew, like, when I put that out there, like, it's just insane. Number one, the Raiders allowing them to, uh, which I, I understand they're the home team or whatever it is to where that's what they get to utilize. But I knew it would be a nice, fun thing to lean into. And be like, it's insane that the, the rival gets to be at – the Raiders facility, the one of the best facilities, if not the best facility in the NFL, and the Niners, who are the one seed, are at, you know, UNLV. Now, UNLV is no slap, but when you say Chiefs are at the Raiders, Niners are at UNLV, you just, you know, the Chiefs fans know I always try to, like, ruffle them up, and they always bite, they always fall for it, so I knew that'd be a fun wow. kind of mess with. <laughs> so it sounds calculated. We were getting defensive. Like, they just built a football facility at UNLV. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We both broadcast. No, not at all. I just knew that UNLV, yeah. like, Niners are there thinking, like, they're still a D1 program. Yeah. I just knew uh, it pissed off the Chiefs Nation. Yeah, we broadcast for UNLV. So I went out there the other day, and I saw the grass, and I was like, this is not a good idea. They just put in artificial turf in they, – they had fields there already, but they just put new fields in in August and September, UNLV did. And then I'm like, they're laying grass on top of it 10 days out. That's why the grass is effed up. It's it's a that newly sodded field. Yeah. That is why. And then it's raining. Yep. And they wonder why some of these these injuries happen and the players get a little vocal. But yeah, that is a wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I don't even understand the concept. Without any team kind of, you know, being an example or kind of like, hey, let's do a little trial run here with a different uh, ball team that comes through. But yeah, that's a. Uh, well, what I heard was the grass. So they've got the head NFL grass guy in, not only for that field to UNLV, but also for Allegiant, because Allegiant's grass field yeah. does suck. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. we can be honest. Yep. At some points in the season, it's just painted dirt. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they didn't nail this one. We know that. Right. At UNLV, they better freaking, they better nail the Raiders or the, you know, the tray out there, or that's yeah. going to be embarrassing. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. It'll be a big time headline if it does work out for them. But yeah, it's like to your dirt comment, it's like the boys in Oakland, they didn't leave dirt just to come to more dirt <laughs> over in Vegas with how beautiful of a stadium that is. But yeah, hopefully hopefully they have that grass situation figured out. I mean, right. the second Good. straight year too, right? We had grass uh, last year. Remember the sod father in Arizona yes, and all the nonsense. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes. Did you like playing here? Oh, I loved it, bro. What'd you I, like about Vegas? So the, my Vegas run the second time around, I loved it because... I, there, there wasn't a part of me that was feeling like I was actually going to play that year. Like I stayed in shape and everything else. It was kind of just using it more for like, hey, I'm going to leverage the uh, opportunity for like year nine and social media and the fans and everything else. And Bisaccia calls when they had some injuries happen at linebacker. He's like, hey, can you cover a punt? I was like, yeah, yeah, I can cover a punt for you. I'm FaceTiming with them while I'm uh, doing my morning too. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can cover a punt for you. He's like, no, seriously, can you cover a point? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Mayock and we're gonna get you out here if you're if you're down. It was like five games left. He's like, sure. you need three for accredited season. And so I'll make sure that happens for you without you know being direct and saying that I can make sure that happens for you. And so knowing that I was coming out to that to the, back to the boys, the Raiders, a lot of guys, you got Max, the special teams guy, like all the guys out there that I already knew. Like I get there, Derek Carr, he comes and drops a truck off that I can rent the rest of the time or use the rest of the time. Uh, guys are just super helpful, so I knew I was coming into a locker room that I already loved. Had a few good games with the first time around when I was in Oakland, and knew it was kind of like my last run, and let's just have fun and embrace it in a new place like Vegas. And I did exactly – I got to accomplish that by 
having fun with the boys. We made the playoffs, uh, and I got to do it with some core guys that I was with in, in Oakland. Will Compton's with us. The spot is brought to you by the Vegas Lawyers. Uh, we got like 30 seconds left. I apologize. No one threw me. Like, Is there anything else you're promoting aside from your podcast? No, dude. Okay. We're just coming around and just having fun. Good deal. Nothing. Just follow us. Bust with the boys. We drop it every Tuesday. But that's the promotion. That's the promotion. There you go. Will Compton, former Raider, bouncing around the league. Uh, you got real weak. So did I. We were all ready to start fighting. No, I over challenged them. Over the UNLV uh, mushy grass thing with the Niners. I challenged them. Not UNLV's fault, the NFL's fault. He backed down. Well, he also, I, I didn't, I thought he was trolling the Niners fans, but he was actually trolling the Chiefs fans, as he said, to try to bust their chops. Like, oh, you're, you're given everything, and the Niners are actually behind the eight ball with their setup here. Double reverse psychology. Yes. Okay. A couple of things to clean up from today and yesterday. Damon, do you think about the show? Why am I going to ask this? Do you think about the show at all in terms of what you say once you drive home or later that evening? Yes, I regret everything. Um, did I go overboard in my celebration of Miley Cyrus and her shoulders, especially considering my age and her age? No, Steve, though that was an appropriate reaction. She's got some great shoulders. She does. Okay. but Very toned, very nice. But 50-plus is not – you sure? I mean, Steve, there's been a lot of 70-year-old-plus guys who have probably made more inappropriate comments. Yes, we have a league in town putting on their biggest event that uh, one of the power brokers in the league is Bobby Kraft. Do you think when they're in town, they're like, let's test the local fair and find sports radio stations around the city? Oh, I didn't think and you like, meant that. I didn't like, think, dude, I didn't think you meant that at all. No, no. I'm like, not talking about the places where Dustin frequents. Like, I'm talking about. I was like, like, do you think do you think Robert Kraft had a, a limo immediately take him over to Chinatown? <laughs> right. No, maybe. Not that. Right, that's that's a possibility. Can't say no. Can't say yes. I want to thank. You only find those places in Las Vegas, though. Everywhere else, is we, a whole we got new wings matchup. earlier for free. Yeah. This is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I'm holding up. A bounty sheet. The quicker picker rougher. I've, this is way, it may be affordable. This is way beyond my means. They, you don't I picked it up and I was like, the thickness on oh. this thing. Steve, I'm a, I'm a frugal guy. I got two kids. I got to save money where I can. Not when it comes to my paper towels. Only the best for the ensembles. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, that, this is a fine product. That clown. I'll tell you this. The clown. The fake lumberjack, those garbage paper towels, well, trash, burn them. I, uh, garbage. There's nothing like bounty. Wow, we're really just going to give him one quick pop, but all of a sudden it's turned into. The best paper towel in the business. Do they have cameras right? Are you rolling up there? Nothing? There is no mess. Wow, okay. That bounty cannot clean up. I'm going to use this to clean my car a little bit when I go out to the garage. Look at my fingers. I was getting down on those chicken wings. Not a speck. How were the wings? Fantastic, Steve. Wow, jeez. Okay. Did you watch the other day when Kansas State and Kansas were playing? Kid got like bloody nose or whatever. There's blood all over the white jersey. Are you claiming that it was Bounty could have done it, Steve? Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you talking about clean it up or actually as a wrap? Erase all of the blood. This is a gauze alternative. If OJ <laughs> had bounty? Just saying. That's a promo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from because it was so random that I mentioned it. I was, here's a big surprise. I'm going to hold up a paper towel and go, too, too rich for me. I'm a professional. That's what I do. Great. Yeah. Okay. 
I stepped on a fruit gummy. Now I got it stuck on the bottom of my shoe. You know what I need? Paper towel. Bounty. Did you go full 80s NFL player on us during a break? <laughs> what were you doing back in the bathroom? You are jacked up. That's right. It's Radio Row, man. It's awesome. Never been in one of these. Got to close strong, and this is this is good material that you found. So you mentioned Caliendo showed you a doppelganger. <laughs> oh, my um, God. You showed our good friend Dustin from VSIN a doppelganger, and he was completely insulted because the other guy was ugly. And Dustin's a handsome guy. Oh, this is incredible. Brock Purdy. Have you seen this? Has an old school <laughs> doppelganger. A historical. Not. And when you showed me the picture, I was like, Devon, have you seen this? Wow. Yes, I have, but you explain it. Just have to explain. He's Lee Harvey Oswald reborn. Hmm. The best part about it was, as somebody pointed out, he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald, to which somebody retweeted and said, just a picture of some guys who couldn't do it alone. Would you like the final minute to go over a conspiracy theory? What's Are you a big JFK theory? guy? Oh, I mean, I've watched this Zabruder film like 20 times. The angle doesn't make any sense. Just saying. I want to thank sponsors, but I just don't feel like I should connect them to this conversation. This is what Radio Row's all about. <laughs> JFK, OJ, all in the last five minutes of the show. Uh, well, we got really morbid at the beginning. So I guess we can close out. Um, I'm I mean, in court, they would have just been like, the, the, the scene was impeccable. Not a drop of blood. I got to say, I'm a little sad that uh, Toby Keith is not with us anymore. I was a little shocked by that this morning. So good wishes out to his family. Thanks to Circle Las Vegas. Thanks to our pals at uh, TI and the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, the Vegas Lawyers. Great show today. Even bigger and better shows Wednesday through Friday. We'll see you.